0: south winds 5 to 10 miles per hour chance of rain on wednesday is 70 percent and wednesday night mostly cloudy in the evening then becoming partly cloudy a chance of showers lows in the upper 50s chance of rain wednesday night 50 percent. coming up next sabrina artel with trailer talk please stay tuned
1: Setzer calling from louis setzer and the appalachian mountain boys i'd like to let everybody know they should listen to hillbilly heaven on wjff radio catskill by ron penska who happens to be an excellent bass player and a really good disc jockey on the radio station please listen to him
2: that's hillbilly heaven saturdays from two to three
3: Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Stay tuned for a classic edition of Trailer Talk from the Archives. The People's Climate Movement, joined with partners around the United States and globally on September 6th and 8th, to demand action on climate change. Under the current administration, with President Trump, there have been unprecedented attacks on the environment, the Clean Power Plan, and the EPA. People are continuing and movements are building to stand up to demand protections and action with this crisis that is facing us. Another world
0: is possible. We are unstoppable. Another world is-
4: We are unstoppable. Another world is possible. We are unstoppable. Another world is possible. We are unstoppable. Another world
3: is possible. The following road sessions are from people living on the gaslands and fighting fracking throughout the United States and globally.
4: We've come here from around the country to send you a simple message. Please. We want you to ban fracking come here today from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, North Carolina, Ohio, West Virginia,
1: with one simple message for you, ban fucking now, ban fucking now. Hi, I'm Sharon Wilson, and I'm also known as Texas Sharon, and I'm from Texas. I lived in Wise County in North Texas, and that's where Mitchell Energy experimented until they learned how to get oil and gas out of shale. So it literally was born in my backyard, and it cost me a great deal in because I lost my American dream too. So I've gone through so many stories of so many people who've been horribly impacted by this I helped them learn how to document contamination on their property and wade through the very complicated maze of regulation. Then I took their case studies, I developed their stories into case studies, and I put them together for a report called Flowback, How the Texas Natural Gas Boom Affects Health and Safety. And those are the case studies that I took to the EPA in advance of their new air rules for oil and gas, evidence from where the people, the residents had the state test in their yard and the chemicals detected in their yard matched the chemicals detected in their blood and then industry still denies that they're causing any harm. So when that happens, when the chemicals in your air around your house match the chemicals in your blood, industry needs to stop denying and start fixing the problem.
2: Margaret Bowers. One of my missions is to bring this issue to my community to make them aware of what's going on because it uh, is not a subject that is discussed very much by the leadership of that uh, community. I want people to know what's going on. We have, I've lived in that community for 34 years and in my youth, when I first bought there, I drove south on La Cienega Boulevard and I saw the ugly oil field. But I wasn't educated as to the risks that we face. And so once I turned right to go to my home and I didn't see the field anymore, I wasn't concerned. But now through the efforts of various community groups like Citizens Coalition, I am more informed and I feel that I have a duty to inform others. My neighborhood is a beautiful, tranquil community to look at. When you see it, you think, how beautiful. But if you really thought about what we are facing, it really isn't beautiful. It is quite dangerous. Our health is at risk. I wake up in the night and I smell oil, or I smell rotten egg. I wake up the first thing in the morning when I have breathed the air inside my home, and I go out like Dr. Williams was just saying, and I can really smell what's out there. Sometimes it's pungent. I'm a registered nurse. I've taken care of people with lung cancer, people who became ill because they had no control over what made them ill. I'm thinking that we do have some control over what is potentially making us ill in this community, and we need to do something about it.
1: I'm at Calicoon Creek Park in Calicoon, New York. Jen McGlashan. The Delaware River is what brought me up to this area in the first place.
3: And Jen, you live in Calicoon Center. You have a farm. You moved here so you could do this. Mm -hmm. You're very connected, of course, to the land itself as a farmer and to water. How would you share with us your views on what's happening around the issues of fracking and, and shale gas extraction? Oh, it would destroy
1: everything. I can't even really parse it out for that. It would destroy everything. I mean, one contamination and that's it. And like I said, I'm at the top of the hill. You know, if I were to have a well up there, it would it would ruin the valley. I can't say it any clearer than that. It would it would destroy everything. I am cautiously optimistic. I feel like the longer we keep them at bay, to let the the science catch up. And they're discovering also that this region isn't as lucrative as they thought it was and people are pulling out of Pennsylvania. And I feel like if we just stall 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 eventually the science and the and the politics and the monetary issues will not solve themselves, but become more of a deterrent to the large gas companies. I'm Jill Weiner. I work with Catskill Citizens for Safe Energy.
3: Jill, we're here at the Calicoon Farmer's Market. The Delaware is right there, right in front of us. And this is part of the Delaware Is Me campaign. I'm wondering if you can talk about what that is and the upcoming DRBC meeting and things like that.
1: Sure. So I work... In conjunction and with a whole bunch of different organizations who are good government groups and environmental organizations and public health advocates who are concerned about the health of the river and the future of the river and uh, especially the looming question about the DRBC issuing fracking regulations on property around the river and through the river. Two years ago, there were proposed regulations, and they were never issued. So we're sort of celebrating that and celebrating the health of the river today. Hashtag the Delaware is me. Thank
3: you, Jill. Jill Wiener from Catskill Citizens for Safe Energy. Hi, what's your name?
0: My name is Allison Okoturo.
3: It's a pleasure meeting you. We were both at this meeting, uh, an educational and uh, brainstorming meeting. And I'm wondering, we're here in Baldwin Hills. What brought you to this meeting?
0: I came in this weekend to spend a few hours with my friend. And he told me that there's a meeting that he has to attend. If I would like to come, I said yes. That's why I came in here. And when I got uh, here, what they were saying, about this oil pollution, this fracking, I was shocked because that's exactly what I've been trying to do, especially I've been looking for where I can get office of Chevron, because Chevron has been operating in my area for over 45 years.
3: Where is your area?
0: Escravos in Nigeria. Escravos Nigeria is the operation headquarter for Chevron oil. And that's my village the village is better off than when chevron came in there when i was a young boy we used to live in that village from the we had a school we have everything but today as i speak we don't have anything in that village anymore it's all destroyed environmentally the air is polluted there is nothing the people there they're even more poor than before they came
3: And what happened then? What happened when Chevron came into your village in Nigeria?
0: I don't know what you mean by what happened.
3: What went wrong? What happened to your village, your community?
0: The fact is that when Chevron was, Chevron, I'm sorry, when Gulf Oil, Gulf Oil was the first company that came in there before Chevron bought off all Gulf assets all over the world. When Chevron came in, they met the same similar situation. Uh, left by uh, golf but ever since then because we have no safe drinking water we have no light we have no street there is no housing there is nothing in the village the village I would say it was a forest but now it's a thick bush just the only way I can express it to tell you what we are going through even people, there is no more school no more clinic everything is gone and they don't care they don't give a damn but surprisingly do you know what's happened if you go across this across the river where the children and the chevron facility is it's like a modern American city it's like a modern American city do you understand what I'm saying you will not believe it but just across from them is a deep thick jungle and they don't care We don't have them to give us the money. Let them use the money to develop the place for us. That's what we want. Because you might give the money to people. They might use it. But go there and do it yourself and say, this is what Chevron has done here. But there's nothing. We are suffering. So I'd
3: like to talk to you about this suffering. Could you share with us what kind of suffering? You mentioned that you have no more water since they came in. So really... Uh, if you could share with us, what are the risks? What happened? What has been your experience when the oil and gas industry
0: came into your town? When they came into our town, normally our people, most of them are fishermen. All The water is polluted. There's no fish anymore. We also fish this crayfish. There's no animal. We also, our boys, they, there's no job. This is nothing. The whole place is just dried up. Nothing. This is exactly what is happening for a, for, an envir- for an environment or for a community that has been producing oil for almost 50 years. If we are to be in the United States, none of us will suffer. None of us will like to come here, but nobody cares.
3: So then, what would you like to share with the community here on these oil fields in Los Angeles?
0: Yeah, when I when I when I heard what was being discussed here. Regarding the, this fracking, I was very, very happy because nobody knows what is fracking probably in my village. This is the first time that people might say, yes, uh, through me, they've heard it. So nobody knows whether there's pollution, whether it's a split of oil, nobody knows. Nobody even understand. nobody understands anything when it comes to that. But right now, I'm aware of it and I want to do something about it. I would like to find out we Chevron Oil that is responsible for Escravos, Nigeria. As Chevron Oil, Nigeria in Escravos, I would like to find the office and I would like to talk to them. Because there are so much they have said they have done, but we don't see it. We don't know who they have given the money to, but I believe they have not done anything. They have not given money to anybody. So I would like to see them and talk to them. I am ready to bring as much people down here. Even the most senior person in the village now, in the community, is about 85 years old man, my cousin. I can bring him here with documents, plus the one I'm having here now, to show to Chevron, for them to know that nothing is done in Nigeria.
3: And has there been organizing in your community, in your village in Nigeria, against the oil company?
0: Yes. They have been doing that so many times. When we do it, they pass pacifying the us with one or two little things and promises. that never, They never kept their promises.
3: So you said you were shocked to find out that this is going on here, that their oil fields here and fracking is happening in Los Angeles. Yes.
0: I'm really surprised and I'm very happy to see how. The community were able to get themselves together trying to fight it. This is what we should have been able to do back home over these years. But nobody knows. I don't blame them. But the company they are aware of it, but they don't care.
3: What is it like to have seen your water supply destroyed, to not be able to fish in your waters, to have seen that loss? What is it like? What is your quality of life like there? This is
0: very, very sad. It's like we have no it's like there's no life is that there's no life because we don't have anything. Everybody now, although we have a war for about two or three years, everybody has moved from the village and ran to the city. Nobody is in the village because there is not in there anymore. And this is exactly what I'm trying to fight for so that we can be able to do what we used to do before these oil companies came into our community.
3: Would you say there's been a loss then of your own history, your own culture?
0: Everything is lost. It's not a question of weather. Everything is lost. When there is no village that you can say, this is where my accessory home, you are lost. That's exactly where we are now. And Chevron doesn't care. They just, they will just team up with few, you know, people and do whatever they want to do and neglect the rest of the community. That's what is happening. Erosion is taking all over the... If you see my village, where the uh, elementary school used to be, it's now in the, it's in the middle of the sea. Erosion. Where the elementary school used to be is now in this, in the, inside the water. This is what is happening.
3: You were talking about your, your village in Nigeria yes. and what it's like to live with the fossil fuel extraction that's happening yes. at the hands of Chevron there. Is there anything else you'd like to share?
0: Just like I said to you before, I'm very happy about the way the community is going about doing it here. Trying to make their point clear to the oil companies about these pollutions. We also are dying in need of same thing back home and I'm here and I would like to fight it to make sure I'm able to reach to that office here in the United States that is responsible for Chevron Nigeria in Escravos, so that I can talk to them and see what they can do to help us probably they might not even know what is happening back home but when I meet meeting them here telling them what is happening they might have probably change of heart to do something better for us.
3: Well, it's also now of course we recognize what a global issue it is, how many of us throughout the world it's impacting and you're you're a good messenger of what life can become if you lose your village, your exactly. town, if you you know have a loss of your family history because you can't live anymore in your town mm-hmm. and if you lose your natural
0: resources. If you do, what life are you living? If you leave your the heritage, your you know your home, what life are you living? You cannot live in somebody else's land and claim that you are a human being, you are somebody, when you've lost your land. So this is what we are fighting for. Let them respect us, let them treat us well. The oil is given to us. It's not our our, our making, it's a good Lord that made us to come out of this village and you yeah, are yeah, extracting this oil for 50 years they should do something for us. They should help our, uh, our children. They should help the elder ones. They should look after us because they are making so much money out of it. How much will Chevron need to develop escravers? $100 million, be an even a, more than enough to develop, to have everything that we need. And that is nothing to them. Why can't they help us? Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'm happy for this opportunity you've given to me. My name is Alison Okoturo. I'm from Escravos. that is the operation headquarter of Chevron Corporation in Nigeria.
4: I uh, work in Culver City, and I live in Baldwin Hills. And I'm uh, representing Kamari Ananda. That's my daughter. She's eight years old. (laughs) And um, I know I look like a a fit, healthy young man. But uh, really, I'm a product of contaminated water, methane contaminated water. I hurt constantly 24 hours a day from head to toe. My insides are tied in knots. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I function on two hours of sleep a day. I served my country. I was a United States Marine, and they gave us contaminated water, knowingly or unknowingly, but now I'm stuck. This is how I have to live the rest of my life. And I don't know how long it's going to be because I drank water that was methane-contaminated. And uh, I have headaches. I have bad headaches. I have ear infections. Headaches. I mean, I, I can't even explain them to you. Things that I go through just to be able to walk with my daughter while she rides her bike or to do anything that normal people do, just getting up and putting my shoes on, putting my pants on. And I I don't want my little girl or anybody's children to have to live like I live every day. If there's any question whatsoever that this is gonna affect the drinking water You have to say no. I mean, I ask myself every morning when I wake up, is life really worth living when you hurt like this? When you can't enjoy anything? When you can't even be happy sometimes, you know? And the only thing that keeps me going is my little girl. So if you guys take that from me, thank
0: you
5: my name is Leo Rodriguez Di i come from the argentinian organization observatory also we come here to learn about the experience of the new york the new york uh, organization the new york movement and also of the usa movement fight against uh, fracking against expansion of oil and gas industry because we are seeing the same movement in in our argentina in our country, especially as the spearhead of a more uh, broad expansion in the whole continent, in the whole region, South America and Latin America. So in this sense, we, after three years of exploration, the first exploitation project was signed in Argentina in September between the national company YPF and Chevron. So we came to learn, to take inputs, and also to share some of the Argentina situation, Argentina's perspectives. In uh, in shale and in fracking,
3: and in Argentina and also you mentioned throughout Latin America, is it uh, shale gas or oil or a combination both. of both? Bo- both, at
5: least in Argentina, both. Uh, in other countries, they are exploring. Uh, there is uh, this in this initial stage, but uh, drills have been done in Chile, in Bolivia, in and Uruguay and Paraguay. Brazil also announced uh, areas. And Mexico also has done some drillings and also Colombia. So in this stage, it's also all exploration. We'll have to wait a little bit to see which is the main objective of the companies.
3: And so in the global south, mm-hmm. then, are you finding that there is a kind of uh, organization or any kind of solidarity against the the movement to raise awareness about the risks? And if you could t- talk to us about that at all?
5: Uh, in a South American level we are starting the first uh, s- the first steps as Colombian representatives were a couple of weeks ago in the north of Patagonia to learn from the Argentinian experience. But we will also have uh, people from Brazil, from France and we are starting to form a network of r- organizations to work more in, uh, in a regional perspective. And in the particular case of Argentina, we are par- part of a movement that has uh, achieved 30 bands in local municipalities. Uh, and also some regions like, uh, for example, our eastern region that is part of Aquifer- Guarani Aquifer, one of the finest reserves of water, because uh, some provinces have already almost locked all the region to shale exploration. So, in this sense, uh, mobilizations in places like North Patagonia or the Central Patagonia, historical regions of oil and gas uh, production, uh, that nowadays want to raise awareness and to see see all the all the all the broad view that fracking has. I mean, not only in economic terms. So, in this sense, for us, it's a big um, a big change. It's a a game changer also in the organization of, of of the people. My name is Josh. I'm from localflux.net. I also live up uh, state, I live in um, yeah, the state of than Beacon. Yeah, the the Rockaway pipeline has uh, gone through the approval process already, and, and we feel that um, to, to, to bring gas into a physical geography that just underwent a natural uh, uh, disaster, uh, and to use that as an opportunity to have a gas play run right through a heavily populated urban environment and bring potentially radon into people's kitchens is just unfair. It's unjust. And uh, we're against it, and that's why we're here today, holding this sign, to stop the Rockaway pipeline. We are the
4: people too. You, you can't ignore us three. We will not let you poison our water. One. We are the people too. You can't ignore us three. We will not let you poison our water. One. We are the people
2: too. You can't ignore us three. Well yeah, I have to ban fracking. Yes. In order for, for people to survive and be able to
3: drink water. What's your name? Teresa, Teresa Knuff. When did you first become aware of the issue?
2: Oh, about a year ago.
3: Where do you live? I live in the Bronx. So, so you want to see fracking stopped? Definitely has to be stopped or else people
2: are not going to be able to drink the water and it's going to endanger people's
3: lives. Thank you, Teresa. You're welcome. It is Sunday, September 21st, and the time has come for the People's Climate March. I'm on Central Park West, just north of the Natural History Museum, uh, just adjacent to the park at 80th Street. And people are gathering. People are unpacking. People are setting up their banners, their sculptures, their installations. I'm looking at the Arctic. I'm looking at a sculpture of the Arctic, the melting ice caps of polar bear.
6: My name is Mary Sweeters. Um, I'm an Arctic campaigner with Greenpeace. And um, we're out here today uh, with an Arctic contingent made up of folks from Greenpeace and the Alaska Wilderness League and um, some other organizations who are working to protect the Arctic. Um, And our message here is to show that the Arctic affects everyone in the world as the Arctic melts and destabilizes the climate and sea levels rise. Folks everywhere in the world, not just the people in the arctic although there are four million people who are affected by this living in the arctic region but in in addition to those folks people all around the world are affected by this coastal communities um, low-lying island countries um, all of these people are affected by the melting arctic Um, and so we want to call attention to the fact that the arctic is not just about polar bears but it's about uh, the people uh, around the planet who are affected by by this
3: What kinds of actions are you taking and and work in the communities?
6: Yeah, um, there's an effort right now um, It's a growing global effort to establish a sanctuary in the Arctic and the uninhabited region around the North Pole and folks all around the world are getting involved by approaching um, their own leaders in their own communities to to raise the cry to do that to establish an Arctic sanctuary Um, because we think that it as the Arctic melts and seas are opening, oil companies and countries are looking to that to, to drill for more oil. And that's, you know, that's what got us into this problem in the first place. And so we want to be able to protect the Arctic as a symbol of this is a commons for, you know, humanity um, and as something that we need to protect um, for, you know, future generations.
3: And you mentioned that locally 4 million people are affected in the Arctic And how does that connect to the global issue and to what this means for our lives because of what's happening due to climate change
6: with the map? Sure. I mean, I think this is definitely um, a human issue. So 4 million people live in the Arctic, within the Arctic Circle. Um, Over 30 different tribes, um, indigenous tribes, are living there. Um, And so this is something that, you know, they rely on a healthy ecosystem for their own livelihoods, for their own um, sustenance, and we want to make sure that we work in solidarity with those um, communities to protect the Arctic in the way that makes, you know, is the best for them and the best for our our whole planet.
3: And how do people find out more about the work you're doing?
6: Yeah, uh, folks can visit uh, SaveTheArctic.org, and that'll uh, show them both the global petition, uh, of which we have over six million people who have signed on so far, as well as other ways that they can get involved um, in the future. My name is Mary Sweeters.
3: Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you. My name's Ken Wampler, and um, I live in New York City, and I have a place in the Catskill with my husband of 31 years. We have had three floods in the past seven years on our property, and um, I'm actually kind of relieved that I'm 61 years old, um, because I think I may make it out alive, or at least I I may make it to my death without it being catastrophic climate change. But, you know, I think if I were a parent with a child, I would be um, sleepless over uh, what's happening to the earth. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patty Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill, and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel, safe travels.
4: Next time on the